Welcome to Full Rigor, Florida True Crime Podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. Today we're going to talk about the FBI versus the FHP. There have been some very high-profile DUI cases that have happened on South Florida roadways, one of which was, I wrote the book The Accuser, about the girl who was gang-raped on a pool table in New Bedford. Her name was Cheryl Arujo, and about what happened to her after she was run out of Massachusetts after the rapists were convicted. You might recall the movie The Accused was made about her story. Well, even before that movie came out, Cheryl Arujo was dead. She died in an accident in South Florida, in Miami, on a rain-soaked road. And I researched the whole thing because I, I was a traffic reporter for 12 years in Miami. I used to fly in a helicopter. I mean, I had all kinds of experiences flying over crashes. And I really knew the anatomy of an accident. And I understood how it worked. I actually spoke with the FHP trooper who worked Cheryl Arujo's accident. I spoke with the medical examiner. It's all in my book, The Accuser. You can get it on Amazon. It's the true story of the Big Dan's gang rape victim. But the weird thing about her story was that it turned out after 10 days and the tox report came back that she was like falling down drunk. But prior to that, everything in her case file from the FHP report to what the paramedics encountered to what the medical examiner encountered during the autopsy, which I have documentation of all of it. There was never anything brought up about alcohol. No boxes were checked on the accident report that alcohol was involved. None of the paramedics smelled alcohol when they tried to revive her in the accident. Her two daughters, who were at the time four and six, this was back in 1986. Uh, The movie came out in 1988, by the way, The Accused. They were with her. They both said she wasn't drinking. I found them later in life when they were in their 20s up in New Bedford after the fact. And I actually used part of my interview with them to help write the book. But when the toxicology report came back and that Cheryl's blood alcohol level was over a 0.25, it was just unbelievable to me that that could have happened. In fact, Here's what the oldest daughter, Carrie, told me when I found her years later in New Bedford about that day and the accident. And she said there's no way her mom had been drinking. I'm pretty sure that my mom probably wasn't drinking because I think that she was in rehab at the time. I think she was going back. never thought she killed herself, but I never thought it was an accident because of alcohol. I always thought something happened. I don't know, somebody ran up off the road or... So interesting, right? Because that's Carrie, her oldest daughter, and she distinctly does not remember her mom drinking and driving. And when I spoke to the FHP trooper, Lieutenant Cole, about it, he said, you know, usually he's able to have more time to solve these cases, but he didn't. So if there was some foul play involved in her accident, he was unable to uncover it, which is what I tried to uncover in my book. But Moving on to another accident that happened, actually, after that, that I included in the book, it really changed the way that FHP handled drunk driving cases. A former FBI agent, uh, actually, his name was David Farrell, he was 39 years old at the time. This would have been back in 1999. He got into a crash on 95. He was in a dark colored, like a dark green Honda Accord. And 
he ended up in a head-on accident on 95, which, okay, so how does that happen? I mean, some people do get on the road and go the wrong way because they're drunk. But he claimed, no, 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 I'm not drunk. But there was another case, Kayla Mendoza. She was 24 at the time in 2015. You might remember hearing about her. She tweeted, too drunk to care hours before a fatal accident on the Sawgrass Expressway. She hit two young Broward County girls head on, killing them both. Kayla Mendoza was injured, terribly injured. Well, she was sentenced to 24 years in prison plus six years for that accident after tweeting too drunk to care. So it does happen. It's possible to get on a highway, 95, Sawgrass, Turnpike, heading the wrong direction. I mean, it's got to be awfully hard, but if you're drunk, that's another story. So Florida Governor Jeb Bush and the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, which is known as the FDLE, mandated a change in the FHP Traffic Homicide Division policy and staffing following this crash in 1999 involving this FBI agent. So at the time, traffic homicide investigations had to be wrapped up in two months. As I said, Lieutenant Cole, he didn't have a lot of time to wrap up Cheryl Arujo's case. So this finally changed. That was back in 1986. This happened in 1999. So they finally changed that, the governor at the time, Jeb Bush, did. And at the time of Cheryl's accident, the time limit was just one month, and that handicapped her investigation. But the policy-changing accident involved the FBI agent David Farrell. He was part of the wrong-way crash on 95 in Broward County. It was actually after an evening of burgers and beers with his FBI superior. And his FBI superior met him. His name was John Raleigh, and they were at the Quarter Deck restaurant in Davie. And that is actually south of where the wrong-way accident happened later on that evening. So David Farrell that night was off duty, and he was headed home to Coconut Creek. So again, that's north of Davie. So somehow he got onto 95 heading in the wrong direction. Apparently, he had downed a couple of pitchers of beer while watching Monday Night Football with his boss. And Farrell was more like a linebacker himself. He was 6'3 and 285 pounds. So he looked more like he could play in the NFL than be an FBI special agent. So when he said goodbye to his superior, John Raleigh, Raleigh told him to be safe, and he piled into his dark green Honda and fastened his seatbelt. So he did have his seatbelt on. And shortly after the agents parted ways in the parking lot, there were calls that flooded into 911, the Broward County Emergency Dispatch, that a dark-colored vehicle was traveling the wrong way southbound in the northbound lanes on 95 with the headlights off. That would have been the FBI agent. Then the call went out to FHP and Fire Rescue that there was a head-on accident on 95 in Lauder Hill. And it was a bad one. This was according to Corporal Rodney Hylton, who had 20 years experience as a traffic homicide investigator, and he reported there's at least two dead. So as he arrived on the scene, he saw paramedics tending to the driver of the dark green Honda Accord, and he saw the yellow tarps over the red Kia. So there was a red Kia that had been hit head-on by the Honda Accord, but it wasn't clear. There were some confusing aspects to the accident scene. So at first, FHP wasn't clear who was going which way and how it happened. 
So when Hilton asked, who do we have on board here? The paramedic, William Fay, said, two black boys, sir, and they're both dead. So you've got two young black men in this red Kia, and they are both dead. Then Hilton asked, who's in the other car? And that's when the paramedic says, well, that's uh, an FBI agent, and he has two broken wrists. And he keeps asking what happened and if he was driving the wrong way. So Agent Farrell was asking, was I going the wrong way? And he says he's FBI and another agent is on the way. So when that happens, FBI buckles down, buttons down the scene, and no one talks to Agent David Farrell. Apparently the FBI said they would handle his side of the wreck, and so Halton just concentrated on the boys. So in shock and sobered up by the adrenaline pumping through his body, Farrell called his supervisor, Agent Raleigh, who he had just left at the quarter deck in the parking lot, and he said, I need some backup. He said his wrists were busted and that he couldn't hold his phone, so he pushed the speed dial button to get his boss on the speakerphone. And he said, I really screwed up, Buck. I got into a head-on crash on 95. And Raleigh's like, whoa, 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 head-on. Who the hell was going the wrong way? And Farrell said to him, I don't know, maybe it was me. So at that point, Raleigh tells him, don't say anything more or talk to anybody. I'll be right there. Have you told anyone you've been drinking? Raleigh asked. And Farrell said, no. And I was out of it after the crash, and I think my wrists are broken, but I haven't said a word. Well, keep your mouth shut and wait for me is what Raleigh told him. So Corporal Hylton took a look at the scene. The Kia was facing northbound up against the cement center median guard wall. And the reflector barriers were bent forward to the north as if the Kia was northbound. But the consensus on the scene was that the Black brothers, there were 23-year-old Maurice Williams, who was driving, and 19-year-old Craig Chambers were at fault and heading the wrong way. Their bodies were still pinned in the crumpled wreckage. So Corporal Hilton would later testify in court that he didn't feel comfortable about the investigation and the conclusion that the boys were traveling the wrong way. Still, he issued a media statement before dawn, just hours after the wreck, on November 23, 1993, that the brothers were at fault and driving in the wrong direction. So television stations and newspapers in South Florida put out the word that would eventually come back to haunt the FHP. Now, meanwhile, the mother of the two dead young men, Florence Thompson, was informed that her sons were involved in a deadly crash on 95 and that they were at fault. When FHP trooper Mike Mitchell called her, he said, Mrs. Thompson, I'm sorry to inform you of your son's tragic death, but they died right at the scene. But Florence Thompson was not buying the FHP story. So from the beginning, she was adamant that her sons were not traveling the wrong way. She said they had to be heading northbound in the northbound lanes because they were heading back to school in Boca Raton. Not southbound. They would be heading northbound. And the youngest victim, Craig Chambers, was a church choir member and had a scholarship to attend Florida Atlantic University in Palm Beach County in Boca Raton. And the driver, Williams, was a youth minister. The mom was livid. She called the Broward County Medical Examiner, Dr. Joshua Perper, and she pled her case. And Dr. Perper actually listened to her. She said, my boys were going back to school in Boca Raton. They were headed northbound. Why would they be driving south? The FHP has it wrong, she alleged. So apparently there was another piece of information that Dr. Perper also knew about. 
In fact, Dr. Perper uncovered a cover-up. The FBI agent was drinking, and the paramedic who treated him was inches away from his face, and he smelled it, but no one ever did a sobriety test or took any blood at the scene of the crash. So the mom was in tears, of course, and she said, I can't believe that they've done this to my boys. You know, it's because they're black, she thought. She thought it was persecution. So Dr. Perper told Mrs. Thompson that he would get to the bottom of it. So he called his media contacts and made sure that he had all the big dogs digging. And one very astute reporter for WSVN7 in Miami, love this guy, Brian Andrews, he went after the story with the intensity of Lieutenant Colombo. And this guy, you know, WSVN is, if it bleeds, it leads. WSVN, when I was up in the helicopter and a guy was down on 95 in the Golden Glades, which is just a series of ramps, it's like a big knot in the middle of 95 in the Turnpike and the Palmetto Expressway, the guy had shot himself in the head when FHP had pulled him over, and NBC6, who I was reporting for, was like, we don't want to know about the suicide, we just want to report that the roadway is closed, but no, 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 SVN wanted to report. In fact, they had their British reporter, Derek Hayward, he was like, what? Deep secrets and skeletons are in this man's closet that he would kill himself on 95. So they were all over the story. And Brian Andrews actually found out exclusively the bloody truth. The eager investigative reporter found out that while no blood or breathalyzer tests were taken at the scene of that fatal head-on crash, that that blood sample had been taken from Farrell at the hospital for medical purposes. And a blood alcohol test was run on the blood serum, not the whole blood, and it came back 0.17, twice the legal limit. So armed with that information, Dr. Perper was on the phone to Corporal Hylton. He said, you guys better stop lying about this case. Those boys were not going the wrong way. Your golden FBI boy was drinking and he was drunk. And Halton's like, how do you know? And he said, because a sharp reporter in the area found out the hospital took blood, which you guys failed to do because you gave the FBI guy red carpet treatment and the BAL came back lit up 0.17. He said, you guys really f***ed this up. I think this is a deliberate cover-up between you and the FBI and I'm going to keep on you until you do the right thing. And Perper went on, he goes, you know those boys, one was a choir boy, the other one was a church minister and had a scholarship to Florida Atlantic University. For God's sake, they were headed northbound home to FAU when the crash happened. Your FBI wonder boy was out drinking and screwed up. How would you go the wrong way on 95 is beyond me, but he managed to do it with the headlights off. Well, they finally did the right thing. Corporal Houghton told the coroner he'd look into the allegations. He hung up the phone, hung his head. He knew there would be huge repercussions and punishment for the botched investigation. Right now, all he cared about was the blood sample. He got a subpoena, and the blood sample became evidence in the trial against the FBI agent David Farrell. But the FHP finally saw the light, and he was charged with DUI, reckless driving, felony vehicular homicide. The jury was so confused by the FHP's conflicted handling of the investigation, the panel had no choice but to acquit on the felony manslaughter charges and convict on the misdemeanor DUI. Farrell was sentenced to 90 days in jail, which he'd already served. So he lost his job as an FBI agent, 
but a mother lost her two sons and her belief in the judicial system. Just an unbelievable story. How can this happen on a South Florida road going the wrong way with their lights off? Highway Patrol investigators had said that the FBI did not tell them that Farrell had been drinking before the crash and that the FBI prevented them from talking to him at the hospital where he was treated for his injuries. So I, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know who has jurisdiction, but that seems pretty bad. So the accident reconstruction experts testified for the prosecution. They said skid marks, crash debris, and the landing position of the car showed Farrell was driving south in the northbound lanes on 95. But the defense attorney, Bruce Udolph, called the testimony junk science aimed at manipulating the jury. And he said prosecutors and investigators were looking for a scapegoat to appease critics and the victim's relatives who had filed a $50 million lawsuit against the FBI, the Florida Highway Patrol, Farrell's FBI supervisor and the bar, the quarter deck that served him. So Farrell testified that he was not impaired by alcohol and that he was going the right way before the crash. What about all those calls to 911 that he was driving the wrong way? There was a dark vehicle driving the wrong way with the lights off. You can certainly tell the difference between a dark sedan and a red Kia. So this case stuck in the back of my mind when I started researching the death of Cheryl Arujo because all indicators were that she was not drunk. It's kind of a reverse of what happened to Agent Farrell. All indications were that she was not drunk from everybody involved. Of course, FHP could have screwed up. And then the tox report comes back, and she's completely plastered. So in Cheryl Arujo's case, it was a single car accident that happened where she just lost control on a rain-slicked roadway and hit a pole, a cement pole, kind of made a fortune cookie around the pole. It hit on her side, the driver's side of the car, so her daughters weren't injured too badly. They were injured, but not badly. But I was trying to prove in the book that there was another vehicle involved. And even one of the daughters said that a white van ran mommy off the road. This is her mom, Arlene. This is what she says about what Carrie told her about the accident. But she just kept saying no. A van made us get off the road, pushed mommy off the road. She kept saying that, you know, over the years. And a white van? I believe so. She told FHP Troop, is that right? I believe she did. And who do you think it was? I don't know. I personally, myself, I think it had something to do with the guy who could. Up here? Uh, yeah, I went to court and that. And when I got the FHP report from Tallahassee from the accident, it did state that the daughter said a white van ran mommy off the road. But in the case of FBI Special Agent David Farrell, it was again a wrong way crash on an interstate where two people were killed. He ends up time served and no felony. He's not convicted of the DUI manslaughter. He's convicted of misdemeanor DUI. Yeah, he loses his job, but he doesn't even have a felony on his record. Where there's Kayla Mendoza, who, by the way, was driving without a license. She was 20 at the time. She gets 24 years in prison, and she's convicted of killing those two girls, which should have happened because she was admittedly too drunk to care and was driving the wrong way on the Sawgrass Expressway. Not only that, because of the accident, she suffered traumatic head injury and also broke both of her legs so she's completely screwed up and she had tweeted three hours before the accident and she had a blood alcohol of 0.15 that she was too drunk to care that really didn't help her out too much you know don't tweet 
that's a bad idea. So when you compare everything that happened in these three different cases and how FHP, Florida Highway Patrol, handled it, you just have to scratch your head. Because Cheryl's accident is deemed a falling down drunk DUI, her death is really not reported. In fact, when the movie The Accused comes out with Jodie Foster, you don't even know she's dead. It just got buried. And then there's the FBI agent who only served 90 days in jail for killing two young kids who were headed home to school in Boca Raton. And then you've got Kayla Mendoza, who's doing 24 years with two broken legs after killing two beautiful 21-year-old best friends on a roadway in Broward as well, going the wrong way. It's funny because I had recently dated an FBI agent and I asked him about the David Farrell case and he goes, wow, that was a huge screw up because boy was FHP pissed at the FBI. No kidding. So if you'd like to see all my documentation from the accident involving Cheryl Arujo in The Accuser and also about this accident involving the FBI agent and the two kids from Boca Raton, it's in my book, The Accuser. You can get it on Amazon. Very simple. I would love it if you read my book. And also you can listen to my first episode of Full Rigor. It goes more in depth into my book and it has more interviews with Cheryl's daughters and her mom. But that is Full Rigor for now. Thanks for joining me. Until next time. Your story. It lives in River City. Where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel. Where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.